Hello. Hello. <laughs> I said it the same time. I'm Kenna. I'm Koal. Welcome back to Diagnosing, Diagnosing a, a Killer. Killer. Our third episode. <laughs> third episode. I'm excited. We're Woo-woo. getting we're getting some info out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ready to go. Before we get started, I wanted to talk about uh, really quickly the Gabby Petito case because that is something that's currently going on. Um, as people that, that don't know, Gabby Petito was last seen on August 31st, reported missing on September 11th, and she was last seen. It came out later with a body cam of a cop that had pulled her and her boyfriend over. They were very clearly arguing. She was very clearly upset. Yeah, it was an hour long mis- video. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was August 12th was the police video um, of them September 12th. Over. August 12th. She got missing on August 31st. Uh, so the 24th, 25th was the last known communication, I think. Or maybe even the 27th was the last time that she called her parents. So um, this police video was recorded before, before she was reported she missing was and everything? Reported missing. I'm sorry, I was under that <clears> impression. She that was, was actually video. not reported missing until the 11th of September. Yeah. But he had been back in Florida, um, Laundry, um, Brian Laundry? I don't know his name. Um, I don't know the piece of shit's name. Laundry. <laughs> Only because it looks like Landry's. Um, but he was back in Florida September 1st. Yeah. And returned to Florida with Gabby's van and they had originally left New York on the 2nd of July. Wow. Um, so they were planning on doing a four month, uh, cross country tour. And, um, the last that Gabby's parents had heard from her was actually in the location that they, um, have, neither confirmed nor denied that that's where the remains were found. Yeah, so they just came out yesterday mm -hmm. saying that uh, they had located a body in the area they were searching, and if I'm not mistaken, that the boyfriend is now unable to be contacted. He's been quote-unquote missing for a few days now. He's been missing. Last anyone saw him was the 14th of September, but his parents didn't notify police that they're unaware um, of where he's at. Since the seventeenth, I mean that. So they just waited. Seems a little sus. They waited three days before telling anybody that their son is quote unquote missing. And he was already a person of interest when that happened. It's not like he, they had cleared him and then all of a sudden he's gone. Right. He was a person of interest and yeah. he leaves. That's or he can't be found. That seems a little yeah. suspect to me. Um. Yeah. So he had returned to I think it's Fort Lauderdale with her van that um, they had left New York in, but returned to his parents' house in Florida with her van without her. And um, as far as I know, he's never said anything to the police. The parents have not said anything to the police. They have a family lawyer that has advised them to just remain silent. Um, The only thing that they have said is that um, their hearts go out to the Petito family. That's pretty much it. And that they hope that Gabby is returned safely. Well, unfortunately, it's not looking good. And mm-hmm. for him or, of course, for her. And this is this is just our personal opinions. We have no 
idea what happened, but um, if anybody does have any information, of course, contact your local authorities or, you know, reach out because that's unfair. You know, there nobody should be ripped away from their parents like that. Parents shouldn't have to worry about where their child is. Of course, yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to put that out there, bring it up because it is something that is currently um, happening. Yeah. So with that being said, we are going to jump into this week's case. I decided to cover with my crunching papers. <laughs> <laughs> the person I decided to cover this week is Wang Chiang. Uh, he is from China, was originally from China, so there are a lot of names in here that I had to look up the pronunciations because I wanted to be accurate in the way that I was saying things. If I say anything wrong, please correct me if you know. If not, I do apologize, but I'm trying my best. Aren't we all? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so Wang Chiang was born on January 16th, 1975. Capricorn. He's a Capricorn. Um, in Liaoning, China. There was actually no names of his parents that were found, and it was actually an interesting thing that I noticed when I was going through the research that it's very hard to find names of any of his victims. Maybe there's like a few in there, but there's not a lot of information about... I think mostly it was because all the information was translated from Chinese to English, yeah. and a lot of it got lost in translation. I think also maybe their media laws are a little bit different than the U.S., yeah. so, um, as far as victims go. And I think that, so, in the way that Americans kind of, I don't want to say idolize, but for lack of a better term, idolize serial killers or, you know, really big criminals, and they, they have if a lot bleeds, of social media leads. coverage yeah. about it, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, in, in China or Asian countries in general, that's really frowned upon, and they're like, hell no, we're not going to give this guy any more attention than he deserves or that he needs, they, so they, we're going to put this... They're not, um, I mean, other than in the last, I would say, a few decades, but they are like a collectivism type of a a country, not an individualism type of a country. So um, with them to focus on the individuals is a little little bit more taboo than in the U.S., I think. Yes, that is Um, true. It's more of like the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I apologize for the movement of my papers, but... She does that. She did one. it on purpose. I did this all on purpose. Oh! <laughs> loud. Okay. Um, so his dad was, by all accounts, a raging alcoholic and gambling addict. Um, so during Wong's childhood, if his dad won gambling, he would go home and drink to celebrate. But if he didn't win gam... Hi, Daddy. Hey! <laughs> We're recording our podcast. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Dad. He just came in. Yeah. (laughs) Celebrity guest host, Dad. (laughs) Okay. So, if he didn't... Actually, that's funny. We're talking about his dad and Dad walked in at the same time. (laughs) If Wong's dad won his gambling that night, he would go home and he would drink to celebrate. However, if he didn't win gambling, he would go home and mercilessly beat his wife and Wong. I think he was an only child, which... Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's means that he needs to be beaten, but apparently... Apparently that's how dad felt. So after a while, of course, the wife had enough of the abuse and uh, she firmly filed for divorce, which, if I'm not mistaken, is probably not a very easy thing to do, especially in 1970s China. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's a feat, you know, mm-hmm. and good for her for leaving. Um, however, she left Wong there with the dad. So she didn't really give a shit about what happened to him. She just wanted, yeah, she just wanted out. Of course, his dad continued to drink and gamble as usual. 
And then he ultimately decided that he just didn't want to take care of of Wong anymore. So he gave him to his grandparents to take care of and figure it out. You know, here's my son. As you do. As one does. So when Wong turned 13, the grandparents also decided that they did not want to take care of him. So he's just being bounced around from people that are supposed to love him, be his family, and they're just like, eh. And he's how old? He is 13 at this time. Okay. So... Formidable years. Yeah, seriously. That's when a lot of your mental, cognitive shit is being developed. And and, and maturing. Exactly. I mean, this is what you're taught Mm -hmm. in the the playbook that is given to you, Mm -hmm. you know, as a young adult. That sounded really good. You should leave that I'm in I'm going to leave that in there. This is Singapore coffee. It's called Boca Vanilla Coffee. Sponsor it's, us. Yeah. <laughs> Boca, sponsor us. All the way from Singapore. <laughs> so, going back to when uh, Wong turned 13, the grandparents, again, decided they did not want him around, so they sent him to school. Which I thought was a little weird, because shouldn't he already be in school? Again, it was one of those things that might have gotten lost in translation. Maybe they took him out of school and sent him to work, rather. I, it's hard to know, because... Yeah, or um, maybe it was an all-boys school. Or yeah, sent him to a specific you know, yeah. school. So while in school, school, his father had actually gotten arrested um, for his something to, having to do with gambling and you know alcohol addiction. And his classmates got wind of the fact that his dad was in prison, and they began making fun of him for it. So he's just getting all the shit turned at him. And I want to be very clear. Feel bad for the kid, don't feel bad for the adult, because he turns into a piece of shit. (laughs) So, (laughs) because of this problem at school, um, Wong was forced to drop out, because he was just being bullied and berated all the time. When he left school, his parents were noted as saying... Something along the lines of, again, lost in translation, but this is the quote. It said, uh, quote, many people go to die. Why not see you die? I don't know what that means, but that's what the quote said. Repeat and the, it. Many people go to die. Why not see you die? So what do you think that means? Because I didn't know. I just, I just thought it was interesting to put and see your thoughts. Give me a second, I think. Maybe they sent him to a school expecting him to not recover from it and come back, and they were like, why didn't you, like, fuck off when we sent you to school? And die is, like, a loose term? Well, in some cultures, dying, like, okay, so, like, in tarot cards, the death card doesn't mean that you actually die or someone dies. It means the end of something and then a rebirth, potentially. Oh. So I wonder if, like, people go die and maybe are created differently. Yeah. So why not create you differently? Yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting. Um, I didn't hear or didn't read anything Mm -hmm. else about that, but I just thought that was interesting to put in. So after this conversation, he's 15 at this time. He leaves home and goes out on his own at 15, because he's clearly not wanted. Um, and he felt abandoned his whole childhood, of yeah, course, of by course. His, especially by his mom and his dad and, of course, his grandparents. So we're going to fast forward into 1991. Okay. Um, he has his what I think is his first arrest for stealing, and he gets sent to jail. 
while he was in jail for this arrest, he uh, wrote his mother because mm-hmm. he was really missing her, but he never got a reply. So, again, being drilled into his mind that nobody really gives a yeah. shit about him. So he tried to reach out to them, or her at least? Yes, and she never responded. He As sent her multiple letters. Assuming an adult at this point. He's 16 at this time. Oh, 16. Well, that's still, still. a child. Yeah. And you're just ignoring him. Oh my gosh. And it's not like he's a child in like the 1920s. <laughs> a child in the 90s. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do you not care for a 16 year old at mm-hmm. that point? It's awful. Um, so it was at this point, of course, when he realized, well, he knew before, but he realized his mother, like his father, did not care to speak with him or notice him at all. So he was eventually let out of jail, and of course he was very angry. Nothing but anger on his mind. So he... This is when it just immediately jumped into his, um, like, harsh crimes. And trigger warning, this does get kind of bad as it goes on, so just want to let everyone know. So he was out one day and he saw a young couple under a tree kissing. Just, you know what, couple couple shit, you know what they do. Just couple shit. Uh, I couldn't find ages of the couple, but it seemed by everything, by all accounts, that they were pretty young. If they're down at a lover's lane, then it's likely that they're in their teens, yeah. or early 20s. And he's 16, so who's is he going to target, like, 30-year-olds? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So, uh... It seems that this is his first murder from the timeline, and it happened on January 22nd, 1955. So this is six days... Yeah, this is six (laughs) days after his 20th birthday. Okay. So after approaching this couple, again, trigger warning, he raped the young girl and robbed both of them. Um, He later said that he wasn't planning on killing anybody, but then the boy cried and begged, quote, please don't kill me, I still have my parents. Of course, that triggered Wong because he doesn't have his parents. So when he heard that, he lost it because of his own personal relationship or lack thereof with his parents, and he stabbed the boy to death. Wow. Um, Not sure why he had a knife if he wasn't planning on killing anyone or harming anyone, but... I mean, this is also the 90s where a 16-year-old can't legally purchase a gun. Not that he wouldn't be able to acquire one, but... Mm -hmm. Um, it was probably the only thing maybe he had to not only maybe defend himself if he didn't really feel like he was in a very secure spot as far as where he lived, uh, he might've had it for protection, but, um, it's also a great way to use it in an offense. We're going to fast forward five years later in the year 2000, um, Wong got married to a young woman. So he seemed to be turning his life around, doing what he does. Uh, But they had to draw up an agreement between the two of them that stated that he would not steal from or murder people. So she clearly knew what what type of piece of shit this guy was. What kind of a freed up is that? Literally. And, yeah. Um, Shocker. Spoiler alert. He couldn't keep up his end of the deal. Get so that alimony girl. Yeah, so they ultimately divorced in 2003, but he actually so gets fierce. arrested in 2003. So okay. the entire time that they were together, this was when he was doing the bulk of his like horrific crimes. Really? So yes. th- this within three years. Yes. This is, this is the timeline of his crimes. So well, he started his first kill in 95. Okay. I actually I read somewhere else that it was 92. So, and again, he has... Early Over 50 mid-90s. murders and hundreds, probably, of rapes in his 
bank. So there's a lot that I didn't include because it's so much information and it's kind of repetitive because he has the same MO yeah. and I didn't want to, you know, it was a lot of information to yeah. kind of relay and jot down. It would have gone on for hours. And so starting in the mid, I'm sorry, early to mid nineties. Yes. When he was 16, 15, 16, 17. And then it goes until 2003. I think he was, I mean, what he's. 28 maybe when he gets arrested wow yeah so of course he wasn't able to keep up his end of the deal with his wife so they ultimately divorced in 2003 when the wife of course made the decision to leave him well i Um, should hope so karen yeah (laughs) get it together mary so we're gonna fill in the gaps from uh, the year 2000 to 2003 because I told you he was finally caught in 2003. I wasn't able to find a perfect timeline or description of his crimes because, like I said, everything had been translated, so I'm gonna do my best I, uh, from what I understood from the information, and there's, again, some more quotes in there that don't necessarily make sense to us in our language, so we'll try to translate those. The first murder after his marriage mentioned was at a laundromat. And, uh, again, information got lost, so I read that he went to do laundry and got in an argument with either a man or a woman. It it said both. Um, after the argument, he left. Well, then he returned and stabbed whoever he had been arguing with previously to death. Don't know what the argument was about, and it's still not clear if it was a man or a woman he was arguing with. In the middle of the day? Yeah, just a laundromat. Just doing laundry. Normal. Hot girl shit, you know. Oh, my God. Um, so another murder mentioned said that he met five men and asked them for money because remember, robbing is part of his MO at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems as though one of the guys asked him, are you sick? Maybe he was acting wild or maybe a little crazy and they asked him if he was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he responded by stabbing the man to death. The man that asked the question. Maybe it was, yeah, asking, like, if he's crazy. Like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it is mentioned that he never left a witness, but it's also not mentioned if these other four men got away or if they were even there. Because, again, the five men could have been another typo or, you know, miscommunication. It could have just been one man. Mm-hmm. But it didn't say anything else about these other men that were mentioned. So he typically doesn't do it in front of people yeah if he if there's a witness they're gonna die because he's not getting caught you know he doesn't want to of course it is mentioned however that because he never left a witness he was very uh quote hard to detect from Mm -hmm. police it is mentioned multiple times that wong had a quote stable psychological quality and that he was able to quote eat and sleep soundly when he kills someone so he is that a stable quality? Yeah, that's not very Is stable. That stable. <laughs> if you have to murder someone to sleep better at night. No, I think what they were saying was he was able to murder someone and then like it didn't affect his eating or sleeping later on. Yeah, but how is that a stable quality? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm sure I would sleep better if I did some heroin. You don't see me out there doing heroin. Heron. Heron. <laughs> Um, so during this time, it's also mentioned that he had been prosecuted before. I don't know when. I think it might have been when they were looking for suspects or just for other, I don't know, suspected things. And during his arrest, he only admitted to pretending to be a police officer, and he refused to uh, confess to any other crimes. And then it was noted that after the interrogation, he still ate and sat in the interrogation chair and fell asleep. 
that must be something again like when you think culturally not that that wouldn't shock any culture maybe that's just something that is typical of someone who is having maybe a, a mental breakdown mm-hmm. or someone who um is maybe out of sorts and they are so remorseful or you know um, yeah have remorse so they feel sick they don't want to eat they don't want to sleep uh, yeah i mean them. i wouldn't be able to eat either if i even if i hurt or killed somebody in self-defense it would ruin me or an accident yeah, yeah exactly it would ruin me yeah <clears throat> which means he's not stable i think he's, that it's just yeah it's crazy. furthering their point that this is not normal so this is still uh 2000 the year 2000 in the summer so wong uh climbed up to a building in the west tower of shenyang which had just finished construction. I think it was a housing unit of some sort or an apartment complex because it says that he saw a woman sleeping in the living room in a second floor house. And he also saw that in the next room over, there were about seven or eight migrant workers also sleeping. So it's like he could see, maybe it was a hotel, he could see into the windows of these places and see that people were sleeping, like from across the way. That doesn't strike me as much as knowing that he scouted it. Yeah. Like, that's creepy. Mm. Now, he snuck into the house and quietly approached the woman's bed and hit her on the head with an iron pipe. And again, trigger warning, this is bad. Um, At this time, she was still alive, and he turned her clothes over and raped her. Um, It was mentioned that he didn't receive any money from her because he didn't care to rob her, but he left. It also wasn't mentioned if she lived or died, but I I believe that she died because, again, he doesn't leave people. He doesn't leave witnesses. Yeah, so it was um, interesting to me at this point because it almost seems like, and this is terrible, but it almost seems like he's now exchanging the robberies for rape. His motive is not money anymore. He wants to rape people. Yeah. So he doesn't care to check their pockets or try to search their house for money. Well, maybe at one point it was necessary for him to rob people. Yeah. Um, just out of survival. But now it's no longer survival. It's... it's I need this. Yeah. Primal. Yeah. yeah. So, um... He leaves by climbing down a scaffolding outside. Like, I guess he's, like, scaling the wall. Like, what the fuck? And when he reached the ground... (laughs) Like, that's so weird. When he reached the ground, he actually spotted a cop car approaching. And he was like, oh, shit. So he quickly threw the pipe that he had used and the knife that he had on him. Uh, They called it a pig knife. And I looked it up. I even asked Casey. I was like, what the hell's a pig knife? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, if you don't know what that is. It's for slaughtering. It's a a knife to kill a pig. Yeah, that's literally what it was. It's like a short, straight knife, like a stabbing knife, Mm -hmm. pretty much, which is awful. Uh, So he threw that down. I don't know where he threw it. He threw it, obviously, away from him. But at this point, uh, several officers approached him and searched him. Well, when they asked him what he was doing, he said he came to work outside the city. Which made sense, because he was on the outskirts. Well, when asked why he was in the street at night, because it was dark, he said, quote, I'm hungry, go downstairs and buy some food. So he was saying, like, oh, I got hungry and I wanted to come down here and get some food. Yeah. And uh, they were like, okay. And just let him go. Have a nice night. Yeah. Good day, sir. And they said out there. He, he just seemed cool, calm, and collected. And they were like, all right, bye. And how do you not have a drop of blood on you when you stab somebody? Or, I'm sorry, hit somebody with an iron pipe? I mean, I, I mean, again, we don't know the context, but 
it is described as being very dark outside. That's true. You know, who knows? Yeah. Now, in May of the year 2000, along the South Canal in Shenyang, the grass was very lush. They noted it because um, when the sun went down, people came out of their houses to breathe, it said the rare, fresh air, which is awful because mm-hmm. the air's quality yeah. is terrible over there. Um, but people wanted to go out and enjoy the night. Um, so this is actually when the first one of the first times I noticed that they included names of the victims. Mm-hmm. So I'll include them here. Um, a man by the name of Uncle Jaya, it's J-I-A, I think it's Uncle Jaya, was walking along the canal when he or came Gia. across... Yeah. Sorry? Jia, maybe? Jia, Uncle Jia, was walking along the canal when he came across two bodies lying in the grass. He, of course, immediately called the police, who determined the victims were a young man and a young woman. This guy went by <coughs> Uncle Jia? Yeah. Like, he was just... That was his nickname? Like, Uncle Bob, I guess. He just was... But he was known to be, yeah. like, the uncle. The oh, that's uncle. uncle. He's a cool Uncle Jia. Yeah. Hell yeah. The investigation found that these two victims were 20-year-old Wong, same name as um, our killer. He was male. And then 20-year-old Yu was a female. Um, They were in town from another place that was not named. It was not clear if they were a couple or not, but they both died by stab wounds to the chest, which pierced their hearts, which Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting because you got to kind of know, like, Where? where to stab. The heart is not where people think it is. That is interesting, yeah. Yeah, and then the young woman was also raped, but it didn't state whether it was pre or post mortem because now he's moving into necrophilia. It's known later. And after this, there were uh, frequent brutal homicides and rapes around that same area that shocked the police because it was frequently occurring. Yeah. Now, July of the year 2000, Wong was wandering the outskirts of Kayuan, and he approached the house of a chicken farm where three people were sleeping inside. It definitely seems like modus operandi is if they're sleeping... Or, I mean, it's kind of moving into that, right? Yeah, and he they're, they're vulnerable. They're yeah. young. They're usually caught off guard. It's dark, mm-hmm. you know. Not a good situation. Uh, no, it's noted that the three people inside was a girl of about 17 or 18 years old and a couple. So Wong approached the man and hit him on the temple. And then he, quote, patted the heads of the two women flatly. So I think he beat their heads pretty much to a pulp. That sounds bad, but that's what it seems. Um, And then it was noted that the three died without making a sound because he did it very quickly. Um, Trigger warning again. Wong then dragged the young girl. um, I'm sorry, it didn't say which girl. One of the women he dragged to the yard and then raped her. This is post-mortem. So now he's moving into necrophilia, which is fucking disgusting. Um, Once again, the money remained in the house, so he doesn't want to rob anymore he's not interested in that yeah that's not that's not what he seeks to gain any longer um after this he threw the pickaxe on the ground and left the scene so he's now leaving his weapons that he's using the murder weapons just in at the scene or around the scene which is really fucking ballsy i i was just about to say not only that but he's choosing couple victims Mm -hmm. or now people of three um like, for instance, that woman that she was sleeping in, and then there was about six, seven other workers in the next room. Yeah. That's really ballsy. Yeah, like, it's almost like he wants to get caught, yeah. or he wants, like, a challenge or something. A That's, challenge. And the, the, the couple thing freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Like... I feel so safe with Casey, but, like, people target couples, like, that's so scary. And it then is. when I hear... 
stories like this, and then the victim's like 80, or the victim's 50. It's like, there is no, nobody's safe. Like, yeah. anybody could become a murder victim. It's, it's unfortunate, true. but anybody could. It does not matter your gender, your age, your situation. Right. Like, that's it's like crazy. Night Stalker. I Literally. Mean, like, yeah. And that's, that is insane to me. I always find that very interesting. It's gotta be for them, like, a sense of, like, a sick sense of accomplishment, but that they can control or have power and dominance over two people. Of course, and especially when there's a man involved. A male and a female. Like, the, I think the, it was the original Night Stalker. It's not Richard Ramirez, but the Green River Rapist, and then they turned him to the... I don't think it's Green River, but either way, he was the one that would go in... With, when the couple was sleeping, they would he would stack the dishes on the husband's back, and yes. then he would rape the woman in the next room, and he was like, if you move mm-hmm. the dishes, like... Y'all are both dead. Mm -hmm. And at first, he was just raping and leaving, but then he ended up killing. But that's so scary. I can't imagine being in that situation. Um, So after this, again, he threw the pickaxe on the ground and he left the scene. He didn't go far, though, because the killer always comes back to the scene of the crime and he hid somewhere to watch the police work the scene. So extra Extra ballsy. (laughs) This guy got big old balls. This guy's got big ass balls. God damn. Wendy Saperstein's a big old bitch. <laughs> or Carl Pan's right. Hey, you're you look like a big bitch. You look like a big <laughs> bitch. You want a job? All right. Um, another account. Uh, Wong snuck into a bungalow and saw a husband and wife at home. Wong approached the husband and stabbed him twice without killing him, and then proceeded to rape the wife in front of him. Which is oh, I can't even imagine. Um, after this, he actually did not kill the pair, but he also didn't leave. He just, like, hung out at the house for a few hours. Like, just chatted it up with these people. They're probably shitting Same themselves. Thing with the Green River. He would mm-hmm. eat food out of their fridge mm-hmm. and... Rearrange their furniture and shit. Is this this is around the same time? I think the Green River. Oh, maybe he was in the seventies, but still within like a couple like thirty years. Like that's maybe he was. I don't know if he got wind. Um, <laughs> Copycat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he stayed at the house for more than three hours. It's not known exactly how this time was spent, but I'm sure a lot of it was probably continuing to rape the wife. Maybe you know talking shit, watching TV, drinking beer, whatever. At one point, he packed up their TV, planning to steal it. Like, he was getting it ready to steal. I don't know how you pack up a TV unless the box was just there. On his back? I don't know. So he spent some time chatting with the couple, and finally it came up. He asked if the man had any children. And this freaked me out when I saw that, because I was like, oh, hell no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Leave the babies alone. Literally. And the man responded, saying that he had a son, but the son was not there at the time. Thank God. Um, it was at this time that Wang said something along the lines of, quote, your son is killing him. Your son is killing him. Maybe he meant your son is killing you. Like, because you have a son, I'm going to kill you is what I think that meant. Yeah. Or maybe in some type of a way, you know, if his son was an only child, maybe that that child would be a burden to him as a parent. Um, and Wang proceeded to lunge at the man to attempt to kill him, and the man resisted. Well, luckily, the man's younger brother actually lived next door, and he heard the struggle, and he came over and scared Wang away. And so this is one of the rare occasions when his two victims did not die. They were left alive. Yeah. So did they get, like, a... A testimony from these people on a I composite? I couldn't find say. anything about the trial at all. 
I know, but how, like, how lucky, not lucky, but, like, what a badass that, that younger lucky. brother is to come over and yeah. stop that. I mean, he could have easily been the third victim. If that guy had a gun, if Wong had a gun, and yeah. the brother came over, he should have shot all three of them. For sure. You know? Or if he was ballsy enough, he could have just, I mean, had the third man, too. That's true. But it does seem like it's <clears throat> either male, female, or two males, I'm sorry, two females and a male. Mm-hmm. Never it's two males. It's not two males, because that's not that's as easy, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's noted that Wong was very good at disguising himself. When committing his crimes, he would dress up as a migrant worker with torn clothes to I not draw attention. Meant, like, a mustache and, like, glasses and <laughs> a big like, fake that man mask? Oh, yeah. who is he? <laughs> oh, oh, no! <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> um, so he was known for having a lot of really nice suits, I guess because he stole a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But he kept them at the dry cleaners to, like, not show that he owned that stuff maybe if like his house was searched they wouldn't be like oh this isn't the guy he or maybe i don't know that sounds silly because if he had the suits and the guy was known in torn clothes maybe it would have been well okay so maybe he wore uh like migrant worker clothes when committing crime he did right so but he would keep his suits at the drive Well, maybe he didn't want to potentially cross-contaminate, like, any, if he had any blood on his, like, migrant clothes, That's he didn't true. want to get his suits dirty. Because, hey, homie, I'm walking down the street in a suit right now, you, you know, interrogate me, take me to a police station, you collect my clothing, you're not gonna find shit. Or, yeah, you're not gonna even question me because it's known that the assailant has torn clothes. You Ta- know that yeah. these people, the, like, the woman that got raped and the brother and the guy, they're telling cops what happened, and they're explaining what he was wearing, a you know? Migrant, he's a migrant worker, not a man in a suit. They're exactly. Not even looking in his direction. So he was known for frequently, after committing his crimes, he would go pick up one of his suits, put on a pair of good leather shoes, and would go to a hotel sauna to just, you know, decompress after a long day of murdering. Like, <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, I know. It's just a real shitty day at the office. Jeez, fucking hard day, dude. Yeah. God, these people got away and... Ugh, what a piece of shit. Another distinguishing factor of his was that he was very cunning, which, unfortunately, a lot of serial killers are very meticulous in planning and cunning, and it really wicked sucks smart. because they're... Yeah, yeah. wicked. My boy's wicked smart. He's wicked smart. Um, so he was able to tell between regular citizens and cops very easily... There was, like, multiple attempts at, like, sting operations where cops would dress up as migrant workers, and he knew every fucking time that they were cops. Wow. And he never slipped up, even though they looked just like anybody else would on the street, like Joe Schmo over there. And he wasn't, I mean, he was out of school by 15, 16 years old. He didn't hardly have an education. Actually, I, sorry, (laughs) scream, actually... (laughs) I actually read in another source that he was out of school. He went through first grade and he went through like a week of second grade and that's when he left school, which is interesting because we talked about how his grandparents sent him to school at 13. Maybe we were right. Maybe it was an all boys or maybe it was a reform school a or reform something. School, yeah. So he was, really didn't have an I mean, education. I mean, especially with when you're talking about the translation, it could have been a, you know, one of those working farms, exactly. you know, where they, where they used to have, like, a reform school type exactly. thing, where he would have to do manual labor. Yeah. So that, yeah, and that's, makes it even scarier that he has all of this, like, street knowledge with hardly any background in education. That's somebody who's, it's interesting because when you talk about people that have, um, 
you know, psychosis issues or psychological issues or even social issues for someone to study that in a way that's, that helps them keep moitering, you know? I mean, it's just insane that... And it just, it's, it's the power of the human mind. Of course. And he, you can tell that he is a listener. He mm-hmm. listens to everything around him. He's very observant. And I think yeah. that really unfortunately helped him yeah. get away with these crimes for so long. So yeah, one time there was a sting operation and some policemen in plain clothes pretended to be migrant workers, but were spotted by Wong. Other efforts included, included police dressing up as quote lovers, like couples, or male officers dressing up as women, even, to try to trip him up, but what? he noticed every time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, police later said that his biggest tactic was to be, quote, calm and hard-talking, and he used this to escape police and be let go. So he was very calm, and he was very, like, no, like, everything he said was fact, yeah. you know? And that's really easy to manipulate. It's not easy to manipulate, but that's a way to manipulate people into thinking that, well, why are we going to question this guy? He's right. You know, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. That That's a dangerous quality. When someone, that's how people become really good liars, mm-hmm. is they, it's almost like lying by omission. It's like you, you tell all of the truth. It's like, uh, you're just like, you're leaving the truth out. You're right. Like, it's like, it's like. You're picking and choosing. Exactly, it's what like you Lucifer. Want to hear. The show Lucifer. He never lies. I have, don't tell me about it because no, I it's have not the gonna, graphic novel and I want to read it. <laughs> it's not going to ruin anything, but he never <laughs> lies. But he doesn't. If he if he doesn't want to tell the truth, he just doesn't say anything. Right. That's that's lying. That's yeah. leaving stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's really scary. And that's another way, like in like emotionally manipulative relationships, you know, you're gonna, that's what gaslighting is. You're gonna tell somebody something so many times and you're gonna say it in a way that they're gonna start to believe it, even if it's fake or true or untrue, you know. Now, September 19th, 2000, a man and a woman were found dead in the west bank of the North Canal in Ling King Lane, Shenglu. Shenglu. This couple was much older than Wong's M.O., uh, his like his usual victims consisting of Lee, who is a fifty-seven-year-old male, and Yu, who is a forty-one-year-old female. Mm. Uh, Lee, the male, lived on Hardworking Lane, and Yu lived on uh, I think it's Gongnong Road. Mm. When police arrived, they found that both victims had knives in their left chest and left neck. So he had stabbed both of them. He killed both of them with two different oh. knives each, and left the knives in their bodies. See that. How do you not say that that's premeditated? Oh, of course it is. It's totally premeditated. Again, ballsy. There's no fingerprints on those knives, I bet. There's probably not. So both of the knives, uh, again, pierced each victim's heart. So very precise. And the female victim was raped, uh, seemingly post-mortem. Lastly, both of their uh, pockets were actually turned over. So he did try to check them for cash. And then Lee's bicycle was actually stolen. So the, he he had been seen riding the bicycle earlier, and the bicycle was not anywhere near the scene. So it's like Wong took it to escape, I guess, to like to get out faster, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe he was potentially spotted, or mm-hmm. maybe got scared. Yeah, and had to take off real quick. Mm-hmm. So this is early morning, October seventeenth, two thousand and two, which is Eminem's birthday. I don't know why I know that, but it is Marshall Mathers. <laughs> what Eminem? Marshall Mathers. This is birthday the date. October seventeenth. Oh. Yeah. Um, so October 17th, 2002, a citizen found the bodies of a man and woman in the botanical, botanical gardens of a college in Shenyang. These victims were also older with the male Lee being 52 
and the woman, Chen, being 52 as well. So they're both older this time again. Uh, Wong had stabbed Lee in the neck twice, and Chen in the neck and back three times. Again, punctured in the heart. Do you uh, think sorry? that maybe he's switching up his MO? So he's not so predictable? Well, maybe they're saying, you know, maybe not only in that age range are people becoming scarce because of the crimes, because those people are more likely to stay indoors or That's true. be more vigilant. Yeah. Oh, he's killing young people. All the young people are going to be not going around those areas. Right. Or maybe he heard a report that people were looking, you know, for someone committing crimes in, in that age yeah. bracket. So. He's like, well, shit, I gotta fuck some shit up. Let me go kill someone that's not in that age bracket. Well, that's even scarier, too, because now you don't know his MO. Now he's all over the board, Mm -hmm. and he can literally do anything, Anything. and you don't know. He's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. It's freaky. Um, So both of them were punctured in the main arteries, again, the heart and in the neck. So he got their carotid... So he knows something about the human body and the way that thing where things are. It is right. not easy to find the carotid artery in the yeah. neck. Um, and both of them were punctured again, uh, causing them to bleed and bleed to death very quickly. Um, Chen was also raped as well, and the bike that she was seen with earlier was taken. So this is the second now bicycle. He's a bike thief. Yeah, <laughs> this guy is all over the board. That's the worst of all. He's he a is, bike thief out of anything. He is all over the board. Yeah. Now he's just often people with bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, these canal rapes, robberies, and you want to, I'm going to say that really quick, because this is, that's even scarier, because you're on a bike, you think that you're safe, you can get away from somebody quicker. If you're riding your bike, no one's going to fuck with me, because I can get away. Mm -hmm. Wrong. That's terrifying. It is. Um, so these canal rapes, robberies, and murders continue to occur frequently, attracting the attention of the Shengyang Multiple, Multiple, Municipal Police Security Bureau. It's a mouthful. Um, After investigating, they came to the thought that this was a single person, most likely a migrant worker. So his clothing... So it's working. Yeah. Yep, totally working. It's fucking working, and it sucks. They also noted that the assailant used a single-edge knife that was either 10 centimeters or more in length, and that he was targeting couples whom he could rob. So yeah, that's true. Uh, But remember, he stopped caring about the money after he started raping, so... Other than the inside-out... Pockets. Yes. But again, if he's switching up his MO, maybe there wasn't anything in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did it on purpose. To make so it that, look like to make it look like robbery was yep. the motive. Uh the police I don't know how that's possible when you leave two knives in people's necks. But... Yeah. Seriously. And how many knives does this guy fucking have? I don't know. He's, he's just arsenal. like leaving knives and like, getting more. Like I, well, I mean if he's stealing knives, then he has that's true. an unlimited plethora of knives. Of knives. Yeah. Um, Maybe he was looking for knives in their pockets. That's, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> the police bureau identified this case as the serial number 54 case in 2002, and it was all hands on deck. Now, I think that serial number 54 is interesting because it almost seems to me like this is the 54th case that they've had that involves a serial murderer, and that's why they named it that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, they don't... They don't give these guys credit as, like, oh, the Green River Killer. Like, they don't give them a cool name. They're like, oh, no, bitch, you're number 54, and we're coming to get your Again, ass. Again, it's that collectivism, for yeah. sure. They don't yeah. want to give these people individual power. Mm-hmm. Not at all. The police launched a 24-hour surveillance patrol in canals and parks around the area. There were large numbers of plainclothes police officers undercover trying to be, you know, bait or whatever, you know, trying to blend in. Uh, this went on for weeks with no outcome. So it's now July 2003. P- 
police have decided to launch a vigorous special struggle called the Hundred Days Battle, is what they called it. Trying to find this guy. They named it the Hundred Days Battle. They won't... <laughs> They won't give the guy a nickname, yeah. but they'll give the, the special ops. They'll give themselves credit. They give it's the 100 day Well, battle. they're part of a group. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, they identified this case as the number three public case. So it was like third on their list of like, we need to catch this fucker. So if it was like America's Most Wanted, yeah. he'd be third? Mm-hmm. Who are the other two assholes? Right? Now I want to know. Like, who did something worse than this? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the police set up two fronts, one to have undercover officers patrol and conduct an investigation solely to find out what he looked like. So they're just trying to figure out what this guy looks like. Well, I'm sure there's varying um, descriptions. Of course. And we've seen, with even with the little t- uh, names that we found, there's a lot of people with very similar names, actually the same name. Who knows? Like, and everyone eyewitness accounts is different, you know? That's why it's so hard to rely on eyewitness accounts, because everyone saw something different. Of course. He had a beard. No, he didn't. He had glasses. No, he didn't. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. In your memory, you cannot even trust Al- sometimes. Already, um, eyewitness accounts are... Uh, Unreliable. Heavily scrutinized, just because people remember things differently. Mm-hmm. They're all different. It's all perspective-based. Yeah, exactly. So tie in the fact that he also uses disguises. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Forget about it. Um, so the second, so I said they set up two fronts. That's the one to find out their appearance. And the other one was to carry out in-depth criminal activities in various suspected sites in the area. So they were committing crimes themselves to like lure him in. He's like, ooh, there's some crime over here. Come on. <laughs> like, you know, the crime over here is like dangling it. It's like, I got knives. The, the assailant holding a joint yeah. in like a villainous way. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I am not a cop. Yeah. Um, so while getting information gathered, the police decided to start talking to inmates to see if they knew anything. Smart. Because he's been previously arrested. He has a record. He yeah. might know somebody that's incarcerated. But how would they even know who they were looking for? Well, they just started talking around. Did you hear anybody come in and brag about certain things that they've done? Okay. Or did you hear from the, from the woodwork? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is when... And they talked to a number of people, but this is the guy that I noted. They, they began po- uh, talking to a detainee named Zhao. Zhao is his name. Z-H-A-O. Zhao. I looked it up. Uh, he was arrested for stealing a motorcycle. So a really fast bicycle. Mm-hmm. He was arrested. So that's similar to Wong's yeah. bicycle. I see how this is connected. Yes. Uh, so Zhao was reported. I'm sorry. So Zhao reported a man named Wong right off the bat. Obviously not. It wasn't like, oh, it's Wong. Like he immediately said it. But somehow in their conversations, they landed on this guy. Um, he mm-hmm. said that this man was in his 30s, that he is cruel and he has robbed the park many times. He often carries knives and wears a pair of yellow rubber boots while riding a bike. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Yellow rubber boots. And I wonder if that's to make sure he's clean after he does his yeah. thing. And there's, unfortunately, ha- rubber boots are very easy to clean. I was going to say, yellow rubber boots remind me of rain boots. Mm-hmm. And now all I can think is migrant worker with bright yellow rain boots and how silly that must look. Mm-hmm. We'll get this. Riding a bicycle. So, according to Zhao, he saw Wong holding a bloody necklace and a very expensive watch, and Wong said that he had robbed somebody and snatched it from them. Now, he also said that back in summer of 2001, Wong had apparently asked Zhao if he would rob somebody with him or if he would do it for him, and in the same area that the police are now searching. Same area, this is two years before. So he attempted to get Zhao as, like, a, um, um, a cohort. That's what I was thinking. 
Did you hear the way we said, um, at the exact same time? And it sounded like the same person talking. We're going to have to listen back to that because that was really weird. So he was pretty much trying to recruit Zhao as like a cohort. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, now Wong told Zhao about his robbery experiences and how it was much easier to get away with when it was raining. Isn't that creepy? Because he wears the rain boots and it makes sense. So all of this stuff is making sense. It's not this Zhao guy just making some shit up to, like, get less time or whatever. Yeah, there's validity. Mm -hmm. So on July 3rd, 2003, investigators attempted to find and arrest Wong, but were unsuccessful in locating him. But now they know, like, this is the guy we want at least to hold and question, you know. July 14th, 2003. Holla, it's my birthday. When the motherfucker got arrested. (laughs) Police returned to their hotspot only to find Wong near where his mother's home was located, actually, was where they found him. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he was planning? If it's, I don't even know if his mom's still alive still at this alive, point. But either way, it was, it affected him. So. Mm-hmm. so I guess there was like a little market area around here because it was crowded. But they didn't want to like freak him out, of course. And so they slipped into the crowd and nabbed him um, in, amongst the crowd of people, like kind of quietly. After the arrest, Wong explained all of his crimes in detail since 1992. He accurately remembered the time and place and victim of each crime. That gave me goosebumps when I said that. Seriously. That is so fucking creepy. How do you... First of all, I can't even remember what time I woke up today or what what I had for dude, dinner last night. Dude didn't even bat on fucking eyelash. He was just like... And he's eating and sleeping the whole time. <laughs> Good for him. He, he kept his stamina up. Literally. No, but that's... That's... That's crazy. The fact that this dude was just like, oh, caught me. Here's everything I've ever done. Here's my life fucking story. So that's why another thing, I feel like he kind of wanted to get caught. It was like a game to him. Like, that's why he targeted people, left the murder weapons, came back to watch the police work the scene. But he's like, oh, they didn't get me me this time. Let me just kill again. Maybe they'll get me next time. See if it'll work this time. Yeah. Um, So after many years, police were finally able to solve the full crime where they reported that Wong committed over 30 crimes and killed over 50 people. Again, I, of course, didn't mention all of those. You can find them if you look. But this was a very hard case to research. There was not a lot of information on it. Interesting. And they did that on purpose. Because they don't want... They don't want to target or to individualize him, like you said. They also... It's known that he was... He was called the Bundy of China. Right? Um, So they dubbed him Serial Number 54. That's what they dubbed him. That was his name. And he finally went to trial in March 2005. He was sentenced to death and executed in that same year, in 2005. In the same year. You know how long it takes people to die from they death on death row here in America? They... It ta- like, people like, have been on death row what? for, like, 30 years. Expedite this guy. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's... I'm sorry. I agree with that. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. If you have somebody dead to rights, I don't understand why they need to be on death row for 40 fucking years. So, that's the crazy life and crimes of Wong Chiang. Um, however, this podcast is about mental illness, and the reason that I began researching his case is because he was lit on a list of, uh, top five killers who are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't find out until later that he is mis- listed as mentally ill because he's a necrophiliac. He doesn't have any diagnosis, which is why I said earlier, feel bad for the kid, don't feel bad for the adult, because he's right. a piece of shit. This isn't like Andre Thomas, where he's 
literally insane, hallucinating, seeing things. He and he asked is a for monster. help a, quite a few times. Yes, and so I just wanted to really quickly. I know necrophilia is a, philia is a very um, hard thing to hear about and learn about, but I do want to shed some light on why they are saying that he's mentally ill because he was involved in necrophilia. So I was under the impression that necrophilia was not in the DSM. Apparently it is. It is. And I did not know that. Mm -hmm. um, so it says here, necrophilia, which is frequently taken to mean a sexual attraction to corpses, is defined by the DSM-5, which I have a copy of because I love it, as an other specified paraphilic disorder involving recurrent and intense sexual interest in corpses. However, since necrophilia was first documented on Kraft Ebbing's Psychopathia Sexualis, there has been a lot of variation discovered in those who engage in this behavior and subsequently many attempts to produce a cohesive classification. So it's a very, very broad. Yeah, um, with the definition of paraphilic as being a classified disorder, mm -hmm. um, that if I'm not mistaken, it is you only find sexual gratification through that process that it is linked to erectile dysfunction. Oh. Like, you cannot perform sexually without that. Yeah. So, oh, that's um, awful. Yeah. But then, so, I don't feel like that's, in in Wong's case, I don't feel like that's true, though, because remember, he raped his victims sometimes before he murdered them. Right, but he was also, um, he liked not only, well, uh, yeah, I agree with you. At the beginning, there was the essence of surprise, but it was also robbery and stuff. Mm -hmm. But as his uh, modus operandi grew, it turned into sleeping. That's now, true. a sleeping person might arouse him because they 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 seem yes, you know. Um, and that's so again, it is in the DSM. Um, it's I feel like it's a very black and white. I mean, it's not black and white. It's a very gray area with necrophilia because. There obviously is something wrong with your brain, and your chemical and like is imbalanced. Your chemicals are imbalanced if you are doing that. Um, however, it's not something that will that you can definitely not like blame your crimes on that. You can't no. be like, oh, oh, I just had to kill someone because I like necrophilia. Like the only way to do that is to kill. Like that's yeah, terrible. Um, and then it takes me to, you know, Dahmer and Bundy, and it was a huge control thing, especially for Dahmer. Mm -hmm. He said, and that's another reason why he started eating his victims, spoiler alert, Dahmer's a cannibal, even though it's not a spoiler alert, because everyone knows that. Should know it. But that's another reason, is because he, they both wanted complete control, yes. and even an unconscious person, you can't control right. as much as you'd like, and right. so that's why they started killing, and then they kept doing what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. And that, again, there is, there's, there's a link there between, um, maybe not just sexual gratification, but again, like you said, control. Mm -hmm. And when that person is no longer living, that's the ultimate control. Yeah. Therefore, they can't he probably felt aroused. Exactly. Yeah. And just one last thing is what Dahmer said, you know, I, I started making them unconscious that was helping at first, but then they would always wake up and want to leave. Right. That's why he decided, I need to kill this person, because then they don't have the choice to leave, right. and they're not going to wake up. You know, that's right. awful, but... Yeah. Anyway, so, um, this guy is a piece of shit, and... Sorry. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's the story of Wong Cheong. That's Wong Cheong in a handbag. Yeah. 
thank you for being here with me today. Of I really course. was excited to get this uh, oh, recorded. I was and... really, really excited okay. to have the opportunity. So. Well, maybe we'll bring you on. We can do all three of us or something, yeah. and we can we can have like a listener kind of thing or a three-way discussion. Yes. Anyways, in the meantime, we are going to have some new content next week. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Killer Diagnosis. We also do have an Instagram set up at Diagnosing a Killer. And I'm working on getting an email set up for us so you guys can email us because I want to hear what people have to say. Yeah. So. And just a reminder, uh, our thoughts and our hearts go out to Gabby Petito's family. Absolutely. And everything that they're going to have to deal with for a while Absolutely. and um just if anyone were to listen to this and uh just uh again our hearts and our thoughts are with you just hang in there you'll get through it just be good people that's just we have be good people do good things yeah don't uh don't murder don't rape don't yeah. steal don't lie just yeah. be a you know decent human yeah okay bye bye, bye.